Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. What a pleasure to be back with you again today. And we are going to take a look here today at how it is we can choose the real estate asset segment that is best for us. And with us is Matt Jones of Hawkwing Capital Syndications, multifamily and asset living asset value add company. Matt has a lot of experience in selecting the segment that has been best for him. He even wrote the book called Book About Real Estate, and he loves helping new investors get on the right track with real estate investing. So Matt, take us into the show and share with us an experience that helped you to be who you are today. Well, you know, I grew up, I was really a shy, introverted person. It was really hard to come out of my shell. And then after I graduated high school, I joined a network marketing company. And it just forced me to talk to strangers, you know, I, and it, which was incredibly scary. But, you know, it just do anything repeatedly over time. Eventually you get better at it. And that really helped me uh, because, as you know, in real estate, you have to, it's a relationship business. You have to work with people. You have to reach out to people. And to be able to be at a point where I'm comfortable doing that is just beautiful. I, you know, it's something I couldn't even have dreamed uh, when I was growing up. Well, I can certainly relate to that. I don't think I spoke two words while I was in high school to anybody. So, well, tell me, how did you get involved in network marketing straight out of high school? Well, I had some friends who were doing it. And so I thought that was interesting and they had moved out to California. So I went out there with them as well. So quite the experience coming from the Midwest. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's get into real estate and tell us how you got started into real estate and just a little bit about your progress from I guess, small multifamilies to large units, as well as uh, senior living. Well, originally I started as a bird dogger. So I searched out to find properties that other investors would be willing to buy. So it's like one step below wholesaler. I didn't actually get the properties under contract, but just located them and then got a fee for the finding those. But my first real estate deal that I actually bought was a live-in triplex. So I lived in one unit, rented out the other two, and that worked really well for me. And then I saved up money to be able to eventually buy a, you know, another triplex, but that was just going so slowly. And I was trying to do everything on my own. You know, I, I had, you know, I think of myself as a very smart person, very capable, and I don't want to share the profits with other people. So, you know, and that was a big setback for me, essentially. And so eventually I took a nice big slice of humble pie and realized, okay, I have to start networking with other people. I have to start teaming up with other people. And then uh, before long after that, I did that, a 15 unit with some other people and then a 40 unit. And then now I'm part of a 244 bed, a senior assisted living portfolio as well. And that just starts, you know, you know jumping straight from the small stuff to the bigger stuff it is the, the biggest hurdle for me was my own mindset, my own limiting beliefs. And so it's a blessing that I was able to get over that. Well, what turned the light bulb on and the realization that even though you're smart and capable and you can do a lot of this on your own, what was the realization there? I think it was more of a frustration of how slowly it was going for me. Like I had, you know, a big vision of like how I was going to, you know, buy a couple of triplexes, you know, trade those in for a tenplex, trade, you know, trade that in for a 20 and it's going to go uh, relatively quickly. And then when it didn't, I knew I had to do something differently. And so I started uh, listening to a bunch of podcasts, reading a bunch of books, going to conferences. And I, I through that, I learned about real estate syndication, uh, which 
essentially solves all my problems because I'm no longer dependent upon my own ability to save up money to buy a property. You know, I'm using other people's money. I, I, of course, I invest my own money into my syndications as well. And then I can scale up because it's not just me trying to buy a hundred unit place, for example, it's with a whole crew of investors that pool their money and resources together to be able to get it done. Well, coming to the realization is one thing, and you, I mean, you gave us a hint here as to how you started overcoming that was actually just informing yourself and educating yourself, going to conferences, going to podcasts and so on and so forth. But how did you actually come to be able to go from doing these three plexes and four plexes and actually going into that first syndication? I teamed up with people who knew what the heck that they were doing with all of this. And then as for my mindset, I changed it from instead of telling myself, well, I can't do this. I started to tell myself, okay, I can do it. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to figure out how to be able to get to that point. And so that created the efforts of, you know, networking with other people and learning and taking the actions necessary to get to that point. Well, Matt, it's easy to say, I just changed my mindset. There's a whole lot that goes into actually changing mindsets. And in fact, I think that mindset, like you discovered, is, I mean, we can say that word, mindset, it's no big deal. We just start thinking positively and everything's going to be wonderful and beautiful. Well, that just isn't the way it works. How did you come, how did you actually change that mindset? Mindsets are very static until we actually make ourselves aware of the fact that we need to make a mindset change. And even after we come to the realization that we need a mindset change, there's a whole lot of interpersonal work that has to be done. Take us down that road, Matt. Yeah. I mean, the starting point is decide that you want to change because if you're not willing to change, then you're not going to change. And so I did a lot of reading, you know, books like How to Win Friends and Influence People, Psycho-Cybernetics, you know, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. And I hung out with people who uh, had the mindset that I wanted to adapt already. So I think you're kind of, I've heard it said that you're a summation of the five people that you hang out with the most. And so I started hanging out with people who were already achieving the success and already had the mindset that I wanted to achieve. It wasn't like a night and day sort of thing. You know, it's, it's something that I think we all still struggle with, you know, in our whole lives, but uh, just working at it day in and day out of like, okay, you know, here's what I'm going to do today. And here's how it, it fits in with the bigger picture. I would say I also had a clearer sense of my why, like what was my ultimate goal? You know, why was I doing all these things? Because if you're just taking meaningless or, or like menial actions from day to day, it, it doesn't like motivate you to get to where you want to be. So knowing your ultimate why creates that push, that drive, that energy to get to where you want to be. Well, Matt, there's a whole lot to, to unpack in that. You you talk about just going from the aspect of I can't to I can, which I think is the first step for many of us. It's easy to say that it's difficult to believe that. So you, things that you did was you hang out with the people who were actually doing it. You actually then intentionally worked at it each and every day. You formed the big picture and from the big picture, you developed that big why that was taking you there. One question I have is about hanging out with these five people who were influential and helped in the attenuation of that mindset shift. Why did those people want to hang out with you? Because I was able to add value to them. I think when you're in the real estate world or anywhere, really, if you want to you know, build a good connection with somebody, add value to them first. 
And with real estate, it could be like solving a problem that they have, or, you know, it doesn't even have to be real estate related. Let's say you know how to play the guitar and you meet somebody who says that they want to learn how to play the guitar. You could offer them a few lessons for free and not even expecting anything in return, because then people are going to like you more and it's going to become reciprocal later on. So adding value to other people first is the key in that. And yeah, I, I like what you mentioned there, Matt, that you can do there's all kinds of different ways to add value. And sometimes it doesn't really necessarily even have to do with real estate directly, but whatever it is that you're adding value to that relationship, you're developing like and trust. And I think both of those components are an essential part of really developing any kind of relationship. But certainly if you're going to go into a real estate relationship with somebody, you want to do it with a level of likability and certainly with trust. Matt, you ultimately expanded not just into large multifamilies, but you have gone into this segment of assisted living and also looking at the assisted living aspects from value-add opportunities. Probably most of my audience has a fair amount of familiarity with rentals and, and even multifamily rentals. Assisted living is a different ball game altogether, a totally different segment. Tell us about assisted living, why you've gone that way, and what are the advantages to assisted living? So for me, I have a background in group home management, which is very similar to senior assisted living. And the, I guess the idea behind it is to you know, create a better life for these elderly people. But, you know, I guess there's a lot of components. So I'll just kind of go around here and see if I can touch on all of them. You know, multifamily is on a certain cycle. And then a senior assisted living is like almost on the opposite cycle right now. So senior assisted living is really cheap uh, right now, whereas multifamily is pretty expensive. You know, maybe multifamily will come down a little bit. I'm not sure. But anyway, so a lot of these senior assisted living places were just decimated by COVID. And so high vacancy, you know, places weren't run very well, especially if you can find some mom and pop shops, then and uh, you can buy them for a dime, uh, you cents on the dollar. So you can get these places really cheap. You fix them up, you know, redo the reputation. And it's when you're buying a senior assistant, I mean, not only are you buying the building, but you're buying the business within. And it's a much more, it's a much bigger business operation size of things than multifamily. You know, so like with multifamily, if you got a hundred in a place, maybe you have two staff that are full time. With a senior assisted living, you're, you're going to have a lot more staff. And so you got to really treat them well. And because if you, you treat your employees well, they're going to treat the residents well as a result. So you got to know, you either have to know what you're doing going into it, or you have to partner with somebody who knows what they're doing. Otherwise, there's a high risk of you messing everything up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or you can just invest with other people who are already doing it. And then you're totally hands off. You can just enjoy the cash flow from it. But so it's cash flow heavy for the most part. And this is a great time to buy senior assisted living. You know, the baby movers are almost at a point where they're going to be needing the senior assisted living. And so, you know, it's just, there's going to be this silver tsunami, this explosion of need for it. And the amount of units, uh, amount of beds that there are available is not near what is going to be needed. So if you can buy some pre-existing properties, or even if you want to build some from scratch, that's fine. Now is a great time to really get into it, get into the swing of things. And the next five, 10 years, business is really going to be booming. Well, that all sounds well and good. And you got that experience. Tell us about the group home management experience you had prior going into this as it took you into this segment. Yeah, it was for adults who have uh, developmental disabilities. 
And so I, you know, I managed a few different group homes, a day program as well. And then at one point, I was even a, an investigator with the state of Minnesota to investigate those types of facilities for allegations of maltreatment. So I'm well-versed in the operation side of things and the regulatory compliance, <laughs> the heavy regulatory compliance that's involved with those. It doesn't scare me anymore because I've just been through the ringer with that. But I would say like the number one expense is payroll as well as, you know, the benefits that go along with that. So you, if you're not prepared to be able to handle those high expenses, you know, it, it's going to be really tricky. The key is to have a, a proper leader, a proper manager in place at each site because they're going to be able to keep and retain the good employees as well as attract initial good employees and then either build up or replace the bad employees. So if, if you don't have a good manager in place on site, then it's uh, going to go downhill pretty quickly. Well, Matt, I can see why it was a bit easier for you to make that jump from multifamily to senior living because of the background that you had in conjunction with that, which was, I'm sure, invaluable for that. And of course, 99% or more of the people are not going to have that background who are looking in to senior living. So your suggestion, Matt, that they do it with somebody who has experience is a very valid suggestion there. Matt, before we go further, tell our audience, tell our enlightened investors how they can get in touch with you, who, people who may want to be investing in senior living in particular, but tell us what you have to offer and how they can get hold of that. Sure. Yeah. So I raise capital for syndications to be able to buy multifamily as well as senior assisted living if you're interested in reaching out to potentially invest. Or, you know, even if you have general questions, because I, I love talking to people to help them really get going with real estate investing. So it's, there's really no pressure. I just like to talk about real estate. You can go to my website, hawkwingcapital.com, or you can email me matt at hawkwingcapital.com. If you go to my website, you can also download a free chapter of my book called Book About Real Estate. So Matt, tell us where actually to begin if you wanted to go into senior living and you have no experience in it outside of connecting with someone like you, where would you begin? You would need to begin by educating yourself. And there's not too many books out there regarding senior assisted living. But there are certainly podcasts, you know, like my podcast, Pillars of Wealth Creation. We've got several episodes that we've done specifically about senior assisted living, but there's plenty of other podcasts. You just like go on your podcast app and <laughs> search senior assisted living. You can find some various ones. There's conferences so you can learn from speakers and network with people who are already in the business, or you can just like find somebody who's already successful in it and invest with them. And I kind of from the sidelines, watch to see how they're doing it. And that is, is a great educational piece as well. Matt, you say that there are basically three keys to finding success in real estate. What are those three keys? So you need to educate yourself, network with other people and take action. And let me break those down a little bit. The education, like you could start off with free stuff, you know, books from the library, podcasts, webinars online, things like that, or pay some money, buy some books. Uh, you can go to meetup groups, you know, sometimes they're free, sometimes there's a fee for it. And uh, you can go to conferences, you can pay for a mentor or a coach or join a mastermind. And then it's it like the more money that you invest in yourself, essentially, the better off you're going to be, the more you're going to grow. But you can do it for free in the beginning, at least. And then for networking with other people, it kind of goes hand in hand with the education. So 
going to conferences and meetups and meeting other people in the business. So, you know, lenders, other investors, brokers, you know, all, all these types of people that are in the business. And then the third piece is to take action. You know, if you spend all your time educating yourself, networking, but don't take action, you're stuck in what's called analysis paralysis. Like it's all for nothing if you don't take action. You've got to have that last oomph, even though it's super scary to just, you know, buy your first property or invest in your first deal. And then after that, you're like, oh, if that wasn't so bad, I can do that again. And then you keep on doing it. Matt, just sum it up here before we leave and tell us the biggest pluses with multifamily and the biggest pluses with senior living. With multifamily, I, you know, I especially like a larger multifamily because you get the economy of scale. You know, if you have uh, single family houses and, and you can certainly make a lot of money with single family houses, but you know, if you have a hundred single family houses versus 100 unit uh, apartment complex, you've got a hundred different roofs versus one uh, or, or a couple. And if you're renovating, then each single family house is unique and you got to like plan specifically for that. But if you got a hundred unit place, everything's the same. Your renovators, like it will get things down to a T and you're buying everything in bulk, you know, all the appliances, the flooring, the paint, everything. And then it's a lot easier on the operation side of things, a lot cheaper too. You know, if you're hiring a property manager for the uh, single family houses, you're going to pay around 10% of gross rent. Whereas for a hundred in place, it'll be more like 4%. And if, if you go into a larger place, like a 300 unit place, it might only be like 3% or less even. So you just got a lot more bang for your buck by going big. You know, especially with real estate syndication, you don't have to buy it all yourself. You can just, you know, have a piece of that, you know, much more profitable business than trying to do it all on your own. And then as for senior assisted living, like I said before, it's a great time to buy lots of cash flow. Plus, as long as you're not being a, like a slumlord, which I, I, <laughs> I don't recommend being a slumlord, but you should be providing a great service for people. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for our elders. So providing great elder care is a wonderful thing to be able to be a part of as well. So now's a great time to buy. Things are really going to be on the up and up with the senior assisted living. Matt, give us just a little bit more information about this recent project in your the senior living segment there. I can't remember if you said you just purchased it or you're in the process of purchasing or you're developing one. I just closed this past December. So we purchased it for $14 million, but it immediately appraised for $17 million. It's uh, had a kind of a low vacancy rate. And so we've been starting to build that up. And then a couple of the buildings, we have been converting to memory care as well. There was a, we, we did some market research and saw that there was a great need for memory care in the area. So we were like, hey, we can meet that need and have a kind of a bit of a monopoly as well. Tell us about the facility. What's, what size, is it, what's the capacity? So it's various smaller facilities in rural Wisconsin, actually. So they range from anywhere from like 12 beds to 36 beds. And so they're in like a few different small towns along Western rural Wisconsin. And But we have a property management company that oversees the day-to-day operations. So make sure we have good management in place at each site. And so they hire and fire and train the employees as well. Matt, did you purchase this property as a portfolio or? or did yeah, you? it was a portfolio through a syndication. Is that typical in senior living that you're going to find portfolios of small residential facilities like that? Or was this kind of a unique kind of I opportunity? Mean, you find kind of the full gamut. I mean, in bigger cities, you're going to find like larger properties that have lots and lots of beds. And those are more kind of institutional type places. And in rural places, you'll find smaller sort of group home-ish type of places. So, but the portfolio we got, it was all from like, you know, this guy that was trying to sell and he was just, you know, 
kind of had a, he's ready to retire and had his hands full through the pandemic and was just ready to step away. So that I think was unique. But I mean, you'll find other portfolios as well. You know, make it a small company that's built up a portfolio that just wants to liquidate or whatnot. So you just have to look around, you know, on, you know, sometimes it'll be just like one property with like six beds or something like that. You know, so there's, it's uh, all sorts of shapes and sizes of these kinds of properties that you can buy. Which is your preferred property? The six bed or the larger, more institutional properties? I would say like the sort of six to 20 bed type of facilities, they have a, a better sort of, I don't know, like a family kind of feel. And what we found by going rural is, you know, like there's a lot of you know older folks that grew up in rural areas and they don't want to have to move to the big cities to be able to get their elder care because they want to stay rural because that's like who they are. And so there's a great demand, you know, lots of uh, potential residents that are in rural areas that we can provide the service for. And plus uh, then also like the staffing wise, like, you know, in, in bigger cities, like the staff turnover is just immense. Like it's easy to find staff, but like if they're in and out the door constantly, whereas the rural areas, it's a little harder to find staff, but when you do find them, they stay for long periods of time. So these are kind of small to medium sized places we like a lot just because, you know, it just, it feels good to, to provide that sort of family, a sort of atmosphere for them. Matt, it's been very good having you, Enlightened Investors. Once again, enlightening show, particularly in a segment that has been really neglected. So Matt, thank you for being with us. Thanks for sharing your insights and expertise. Thanks much. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com. 